Welcome to the BMJ podcast. I'm Education Editor Helen McDonald, and in this podcast, we're talking about likelihood ratios. This is part of a wider discussion I had with Andrew Elder, a professor at the University of Edinburgh, about the evidence base of cardiovascular examination. In this bit, I quizzed him on why he used likelihood ratios in his article and how they're helpful in thinking about when context changes the predictive value of a test. So how did you decide to describe the diagnostic accuracy? Because there's a whole array of statistics which you could pick. You could pick sensitivity, you could pick specificity, you could pick likelihood ratios, you could talk about positive predictive values or negative predictive values. How did you go about deciding what to present? The first thing I would say is that uh, all all three of us as as clinicians, uh, teachers and authors of this paper don't really feel that many practicing doctors either really understand many of these values or, more importantly, are able to use them in their day-to-day practice. I, I, I don't know many people who, when they're seeing a patient, are thinking, hmm, the likelihood ratio of this sign is X, therefore it is more or less valuable to me. I think clinicians think in a much um, broader, maybe kind of, you know, it's almost like a clinical gestalt that you have, and you still need to have a sense of what's useful and or more useful and less useful. But I think right away, uh, none of these statistical expressions of value are necessarily better than the other for uh, all practicing doctors. Uh, we ended up uh, choosing in this paper to, u- to use likelihood ratios, uh, which is also the chosen value of Stephen McGee in his book, to try and express relative uh, value uh, because the thinking and the numbers around it are relatively simple and you, if you uh, get interested in likelihood ratios, you can use them to relate uh, a given likelihood ratio to the pre- and post-test probability of disease. Uh, but as I say, we felt we had to do this to make uh, a, an evidence-based comparison of these signs, but whether or not those those statistical values have utility to clinicians in real life clinical practice I would say is debatable yeah if you were going to help them um, use them more practically use those likelihood ratios as they're seeing patients just quickly define for us um, in a sentence if you can what a positive likelihood ratio is what does that mean well I, I, I suspect that doing that may not uh, help, and because I, I do, I do believe just what I've just said. But here, here's what here's what what I, I would say would be well, well, the the definition of a positive likelihood ratio is the number of times more likely a person with the target condition is to have a positive test result compared with a person without the target condition. Mm-hmm. And it can be calculated by sensitivity over one minus specificity. Now, my experience of trying to teach these kinds of things to undergraduates and postgraduates is that right away, those definitions and those the arithmetic underlying uh, uh, underpinning um, those definitions 
becomes a turn-off and it switches off people from diagnostic uh, thinking or what you're trying to teach them about diagnostic thinking. Uh, uh, the use, I think the, if likelihood ratios have an advantage, in my mind, over other um, expressions of statistical uh, value, it is that you can relate any given value of a likelihood ratio to the, the effect it has on the probability of the presence of a disease. So let's take a positive likelihood ratio of five, the number five. That shifts the probability that a patient has a disease by 30%. So imagine you thought before you saw the patient or before you examined the patient that there was a 50% chance, 50-50, that they could have heart failure. If the physical examination uh, maneuver that you undertake has a, a positive likelihood ratio of five, that increases the probability by 30%. So your patient now has an 80% chance of having that condition. So that's the definition behind it. That's the math. And I guess the, the, the value of that relative number in terms of the article that you've set is that, as you say, for your example, you're talking to me as a geriatrician and you might be sitting there um, knowing that in your population um, for people referred up to you with with difficulties with breathlessness for example um, 50 percent of them might have heart failure but my clinical practice is different to that I'm a GP um, and if I see um, people with breathlessness the actual prevalence of heart failure in the population of patients that I see is is likely to be lower than yours. And so that likelihood ratio is making this article in some ways travel to different settings. Is that what you're saying? Well, yes, that's, that's a good way uh, you know, of looking at it. The, the, the effect on uh, the probability of the diagnosis being present is it will be the same uh, for any given likelihood ratio independent of what the pre-test probability is. So if you're seeing patients and there's only a 10% chance that they've got heart failure, if they've got uh, this positive test or likelihood ratio of five, that will increase the probability that they've got heart failure to 40%. In my patient population, it would be 50 to 80%. So, so the likelihood ratio, we, we ended up feeling of all these values was one that perhaps could be most useful uh, to, to, to clinicians in trying to work out which of these physical signs is more or less valuable. But I'd come back right away to saying that value uh, is much, much more uh, than just a statistical calculation relating to diagnostic accuracy. If you want to hear the rest of this interview, check out the main podcast. The link is in the text of wherever you got this. If you want to hear more from the BMJ, check out our SoundCloud page or find us on iTunes.